may not know it, but our opening music is a tune called Ghost Jazz. The composers have kindly let us use it all these years. It was written by Keith Schreiner, also known as Auditory Sculpture, and today's guest, trumpeter, composer, and educator Derek Sims. They called themselves Jazztronica in the early 2000s. Derek holds the trumpet chair in Mel Brown's famous septet, previously held by Thera Memory. He started the Portland Jazz School in September of 2017, is the adjunct professor of jazz trumpet and the jazz band director at Portland State University. But what I didn't know before talking to him today is that he has returned to his Jazztronica period in his newest compositions. Let's catch up with Derek Sims. Well, you shut up. <laughs> oh, am I supposed to keep going? Yeah, turn oh, the recorder. Are on. we starting? Okay. Are we starting now? We can start now. Okay. We don't have to start now, but we can start now. Whatever you want to do, because it's rolling. You know, <laughs> it isn't really rolling, right? Because there's, there's it nothing roll to roll anymore. It right. Roll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, it's nice to see you. It's been a long time. I know. A long time. Really? Yeah. Uh, and uh, welcome to the Art Show Cafe. Thank you. Glad you could make it. Yeah, this and is great. And may I formally. Thank you for letting us use Ghost Jazz oh. as our theme all these years. Oh, my gosh. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Now, is that yours or is that Keith's or is it a combination? It's a combination. I mean, he wrote the track and then I wrote the, well, I didn't write it. I just played the melody. Yeah. We never wrote anything. <laughs> so it really was jazz. I mean, we were just doing it in a way that no one had really thought of yet. <laughs> Now, was the was the band called Jazztronica, or was it just the album called Jazztronica? The band and the album was Jazztronica. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I looked it up on on Google, and no one had taken that name. I was like, shoot, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah, that would have been like two thousand three, four, five, yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah. 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 Like Fifteen years. At least. Yeah. Because I was now, nah, man. It's been, I've been, a, uh, KMHD, uh, KMHD moved over to, moved over to, to uh, OPB in 2009, mm. and I had been playing, um, I had been playing ghost jazz on, on KMHD when it was at the other place yeah. since 2007 at least. Wow. So yeah, yeah, man, oh man. Hmm. Nobody plays. Nobody played that record more than I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure of it. <laughs> and you know what was really interesting? I was just when I when I'm think when I was thinking about it, were those those nights at Pyram? Oh my gosh, that was such a cool club. It was the coolest place on earth. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. In the basement with the rugs and the yeah. couches and the lighting, everything yeah. was so spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. And the sound system. Oh my god. Yeah. That was the best sound system in Portland. Right. They dropped some coin on that. They dropped some coin, period. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I miss those days. Yeah, yeah. And that was, I mean, and the music was amazing. Just yeah. absolutely amazing, you know, with that band. Uh, well, yeah, what I did was I brought in a different artist every week. Yeah. So I never played with the same people twice in right. a row, and we never played the music the same because it was all improvised. <laughs> I mean, we made everything up on the spot. Yeah. So I'd have guys coming in, uh, um, where they would just like Clay Guyberson, he would just make a beat, and then that was the beginning of the show. <laughs> so we never, I never had any idea what any of my guys were going to bring, uh -huh. and I loved that the most about the gig because uh -huh. it, it, I mean, it forced me to. But this is my greatest joy is to improvise. So yeah. Yeah. I truly had to be on the on the ball. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just, a, and, and the interesting thing is that a lot of times when when we're talking to people here, 
they haven't heard their music. Mm. Well, people who listen to this have heard it every week. <laughs> for years right. years right. and years and years right, right. <laughs> well, hopefully they'll like my new stuff hopefully hopefully yeah. we'll play some one of those at the end of the show okay yeah um and uh uh it's not a show it's kind of a show yeah this is a show oh i didn't mean to say that <laughs> it's just a conversation it's not a show <laughs> um so uh um what was the collaboration between you and keith like how did that, that work fantastic. how did that work well, first of all, we were great friends. I mean, we've yeah. developed a great friendship over all our years working together. Um, you know, he would he would write these tracks, uh-huh. and then I would just come in and play on them. It was so huh. easy. Huh. I mean, he had such a great ear for putting samples together. Mm-hmm. He was really gifted at that mm-hmm. and how to create an ambiance. So then when I was playing, I was I was getting to make music in a way that I normally wouldn't get to make. Yeah. It was so personal. Like when I'm playing in a band, mm-hmm. it could be my music, it could be my band, but everyone in the band contributes in their own way. Uh-huh. And with this, I'm playing with electronic instruments that are looped. So the drums and the bass and the keys and whatever other instruments he's using mm-hmm. was looped. And it gave me a different kind of freedom that I'd never experienced. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I heard Keith, it was at uh, the Tiger Bar. Oh, yeah. And I was at a rehearsal for Pepe and the Bottle Blondes when I was playing with <laughs> Pepe. And he lived right across the street. I He's remember. like, hey, let's go over I, to Tiger I, Bar and get a drink after I was our in, rehearsal. I've been in it. I was in that loft. Yeah, we had a long <laughs> rehearsal. We were yeah. working on uh, Bernstein. We were playing one of West Side Story's pieces. Wow. We working hard on it. Yeah. He's like, all right, that's it. We're done. <laughs> Let's go to Tiger Bar. And I'd never been there. And yeah. I walk in and I hear this music and I'm like, yeah. oh shit, what is this? <laughs> and I asked the bartender, I said, what what recording? Who is this band? And he said, oh, it's that guy over <laughs> that there in the guy. corner. Yeah. And I look over and it's this guy, it's Keith, and he's in this dark corner and he's got a laptop and a mixing yeah. board and his head is just bobbing. Right. Yes. And I'm like, yes. oh my God, I got to meet this guy. <laughs> and And it just turned into a incredible relationship well you know and he, i had never considered playing music like that so really I did it no wow. i didn't listen to anything like that i'd wow. never even heard electronic music <laughs> up to that point well you know he did the all the music for my assistant suicide documentary oh right and um i had i had already done a tv piece on on dahlia yeah and i, I and i i i had this first day of shooting on this very very serious do- assistant suicide documentary yeah with the guy who no, was i remember gonna, it right and uh and i walked into the tiger bar wherever it was i guess it was the tiger bar and the thing was you could talk to keith while he was playing yes <laughs> and i, I went, up, I went up to him and i told him what you know that i wanted him to, to do the music for this and he just said i'm on it <laughs> less than a week later he had it all yeah yeah he's amazing yeah um, and uh, so it, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, glad. I'm just happy that, uh, you know, with using it as the theme, the music's still out there, you know? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. And Keith, <laughs> if you're listening, hey, I miss you. <laughs> so you are, you've had this long career now as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, I started teaching in uh, 99. Wow. Like for, for real, I was teaching when did I was we in have the college. By, did we have the internet then? I think so. <laughs> it was pretty new. It was AOL, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah something like that. 
you had this little modem that could yeah. go like ding, get, ding, and, ding. And, and speaking kil- of electronics kilobods yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so did you, did you start teaching uh like one-on-one is that how you started yeah so i i i was um on a gig I don't remember who it was with, and I had just moved back to town in '98 because I was working on cruise ships. Really? Yeah, yeah. I did that for a few years. What a gig! It was fun. I got, got to play trumpet seven days a week and go wow. around the world. <laughs> wow! And what what kind of music did you? Did, did you it was do? jazz. Really? Yeah. So I was in. Wow. Uh, I was on two different ships, and the first ship I was in a uh, five piece band. Uh-huh. And we played Broadway shows and back singers and uh-huh. jugglers and comedians. And <laughs> so that was my f- first real da, da, gig in show da, business. Da. Yeah, right. Um, I had played, you know, the band Pink Martini. So sure. Thomas and I had, had been put, had put that band together back whatever year that was. It would have been 95, 96. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we did that for a while at the 1201. Uh-huh. Did you ever go to those shows? I didn't get here till 97. Okay. They were crazy. I'm sure. It was so fun. How could it not be? And and then I got this gig on the cruise ship. Yeah. And so I'd leave. Yeah. And um, I remember I was on the ship. Um, at, at It was the Olympics were that year. 96, I believe. Yeah, 96. And ice skating was on. And so I'm down to the crew mess having dinner. And I look up and it's ice skating. And it's Pink Martini playing the music. And I tell the guys I'm sitting to, I was like, I was in that band and I'm on this gig now. And ah. yeah. Anyway. um, Yeah. So I was on cruise ships and then met my wife when she lived in Florida and Uh we moved back to Portland together. Uh And then uh, I got a job at, or I was on this gig and Jeff Husatello Uh said, hey man, what are you doing? We need a teacher at Beacock's. And so. At what? Beacock's Music. What's that? It's a music store in Vancouver. Really? Very big store. Wow. How did I miss that? I don't know. I They're still around. Yeah, doing well. Play, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I I went and got a job there, and I taught there for two years, I think. What did you teach? Just private lessons. Trumpet? Yeah. 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 Wow. And I had like, I don't know, 35 students a week, and it was fantastic. Huh. And then I decided that I wanted to not teach in a store anymore and have my own studio. So yeah. I started my own studio uh-huh. out of my house, and... Uh, and then all these other opportunities came up. And so yeah. here I am. Wow. It's crazy how your career works. You never plan it. You never know. It's like, oh, I no. just wanted to play music and teach people how to do it. No. And if you tried to plan it, it wouldn't go. It wouldn't no. Go right. No. It's not like being in a corporate job. <laughs> no. You got to roll with the punches in a yeah. different way. Yeah, really. <laughs> and and um, so uh, uh, was, was jazz your first love? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm classically trained. Uh-huh. So I have a degree of classical trumpet from University of Michigan. Wow. Um, and right when I graduated from Michigan, I was like, all right, that's it. No more classical music. Really? <laughs> I I just didn't want to have the life um, of a trumpet player trying to get a job in an orchestra. Yeah. It takes a really long time, and you have yeah. to play in a lot of bad orchestras to get to the good <laughs> orchestra. And then the pressure was just... There are other guys in town. I didn't want to do that. Who were trained classical musicians? Yeah. Who never played a lick of classical music in, in town. Alan Hager, mm. the guitar player, mm. went to Berkeley. Okay. And uh, and made a living mm. um, transcribing uh, for guitar. Wow. <laughs> uh, Peter Damon, the guy wow. who was the curator of the Blues Festival, was yeah. a classical guitar player. Oh wow. 
Yeah, it's amazing how many people there are that 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 uh, just don't do that anymore. Tim Gilson that I play with, yeah, he's a great classical bassist. Wow, fantastic. So you never like just. uh... So I've played classical. I've played many gigs. Okay, I mean I've played with the symphony and Uh I've played Uh with um, brass quintets and brass choirs and Uh you know, great Christmas concerts and Easter Uh concerts. Lots of lots of fun music, but jazz was always my passion. Uh-huh. It all started when I was, um, I think I was 13, 13 or 14, right around there. I was taking piano lessons with Sylvia Komen downtown. Uh-huh. Did you ever meet Sylvia? No. Uh, she, that was Thomas's piano teacher. I see. And she's wonderful. She, <laughs> mm-hmm. was, she taught me so much. <laughs> um, and I would, um, I would have my lessons, and then I would go over to uh, the library. She was down by Galleria. So I would go to the the main library and I would check out twenty records a week because that was the limit. <laughs> wow! And I would just randomly go. To, I would go to the jazz section and randomly pick out like I have no idea who any of these people are. <laughs> so one day I picked up Clifford Brown. Oh my! And it was the record uh, live at Basin Street, nineteen fifty six. And I remember putting it on and hearing the first eight bars, and uh-huh. I thought to myself, "You can do that on the trumpet." <laughs> and I was hooked. I just, I was hooked. Wow. I had to do that. Yeah. So I yeah. spent my early high school years learning Clifford Brown. And then it led to Miles. And then it led to, and then it just, here I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When did you uh, find your own voice, do you think? Um, I think that happens in my mid 40s. Wow. So recently, I'm 50 now. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I guess other people would think I had. A voice. I mean, people hired me specifically for the way I played. Uh-huh. You know, that's what I've been told. Yeah. And, but I went through a transformation when I turned 40. I, I had a, my chops failed me. I couldn't play the trumpet. Oh my God. Yeah. I was on a gig with Mel, Mel I never Brown knew that. at Jimmy Max and I couldn't get a sound out of my horn. It's like, I couldn't play the trumpet. And it turns out that, um, all the years that I've been playing up to that point, I had been using too much air. I've huh. always been an overachiever. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if they say do this, I'm going to go higher. Yeah. Um, I was using too much air, and when you use too much air on the trumpet, it the the physics of it, it can't work. I mean, you're huh. you're literally fighting science. Huh. And so I went. Th- I had to make a decision. Um, I had to decide right then, am I going to continue doing this and figure this out, or am I going to go and play piano the rest of my life? And so I chose the trumpet, and I went and took a bunch of lessons and spent about five years um, wanting to quit every day. Wow. And I retaught myself how to play the trumpet. And I retaught myself while I was still playing every Tuesday with Mel oh Brown. Oh, my God. So I was, it, that was a rough time for me because I had and, this and gig had, that was high level. High level. You had Farrah Memory's chair. Right. And I played, <laughs> I was playing okay. Yeah. But in my head, I sucked. And I didn't, I couldn't stand it. So I went through a lot of anxiety. And wow. it was rough. But I made it through it. It was about yeah. 45 somewhere in there I was I was teaching at Portland State at that time and I remember being in in a a room between lessons and I was practicing and then it happened I had this experience where I used the air the right way and I was like oh my god this is so easy 
Wow. And so since then, it's been five years, yeah. I've been working hard just to build myself as a legit trumpet player with this air technique, uh-huh. um, which is really interesting if you want me to talk about it yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, so this changed my life, and I've, been, I've dedicated myself to teaching as many people about this as I can. Uh-huh. That all comes down to what's called the Valsalva Maneuver. How do you spell that? Uh, V-A-L-S-A-L-V-A, Valsalva. Uh-huh. And is that somebody's name? I guess. Okay. <laughs> Somebody just discovered it. Yeah. But when you cough, uh-huh. <clears throat> these muscles down here are yeah. activated. Uh-huh. It's an involuntary response. So trumpet players, when we're young, we're all told by our band directors two things. And these are the, this is the worst advice you can give <laughs> a young trumpet player. Band directors, please listen to me. <laughs> the first one is hold your horn up. Oh. Get your horn up. Like uh-huh. people would play down. Yeah. Only certain people can have their horn up. It de- it's dependent upon the shape of their teeth and their mouth. Yeah. So if you have an overbite, you can't hold your horn up. Huh. So all these young trumpet players are strapped from the beginning wow. because they're playing in a way they think they're supposed to play, but they never find the natural way that they can get air out of their body and make beautiful sound. Huh. So um, so the first thing is, is, is the angle. And then the second thing is too much air. They, all the band directors say, take a big breath from your stomach. Well, guess what? When you take a big breath from your stomach, you're activating the Valsalva maneuver. Uh-huh. So once you do that, your throat clenches up because that's what coughing does. Uh-huh. It's a way to expel, right? Uh-huh. So if you're tight and you're trying to get air moving through a tube, it's going to be, you have to push it. Uh-huh. because that's the way you're using the muscles. Well, what I discovered is, is that if I take a full breath and then just let the air go through rather than pushing the air through, uh-huh. I feel like I'm deflating when I'm playing. And my sound, it's, it's out of this world. It's so <laughs> big and rich and in tune and fun. And, and it also helps that I play on Monet mouthpieces. So, well, I guess so. Because he, he so. figured this out too. So there's, there's this huh. long... Um, lineage of uh trumpet i guess you'd say trumpet teachers people that have uh-huh. figured this stuff out for the last hundred years when you hear when i hear a trumpet player play i know immediately if they're using their air right or if they're wow. pushing too much i can hear it immediately in their sound uh-huh. and i feel sorry for the guys that are playing 40 years and are yeah. world famous and, yeah. and and their face hurts every night wow. because they're working too hard huh. and but they've made a great living right yeah uh, but if you listen to Miles and you listen to Freddie Hubbard and you listen to Lee Morgan mm-hmm. and you listen to Kenny Dorham, um, you listen to Woody Shaw, you listen to Tom Harrell, you listen to Chet Baker. I was watching mm-hmm. some Chet Baker the other night on YouTube and oh my God, it was a 1985 concert and he's absolutely doing this. Huh. And I'm pretty sure he didn't take lessons from anyone. He was a self-taught trumpet player, yeah. you know. And he's totally no, doing this. Listen, and it's the reason his sound is, yeah. when you think of Chet Baker, you think of his sound. Yeah. And he gets the sound because of the way he's creating it. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm all about this. It's like, this uh-huh. is my meditation every day. This is, it's, it's, I love practicing. I used to hate practicing because it hurt. Yeah. But if it doesn't hurt and it's pleasurable on my lips. Right. Then I'll play all day. Wow. So wow. that's what happened to me when I was 45. That's amazing. And then my career just like pfft, took off in a, another another speed. In what way? Well, I could play better, so I yes. played more, <laughs> and I and 
And somehow I kept getting students coming to me and I'm showing them and now I've got all these students that are doing it and it's fantastic. Every day I teach two, three, four lessons when I do my private lessons and every single student's doing it. It's so exciting. I bet. I imagine what it's like for the teachers that design this. Uh-huh. You know, there's a so Bill Adam was the main person behind this particular approach to uh-huh. trumpet, and that's uh-huh. what I'm been following for all these years. Uh-huh. But I didn't really get it till I was 45. Wow! It took me from 18 when I was shown it to 45 to figure it out. Wow. <laughs> it's funny. I had Steve, a long trip. I, I had Steve Berlin in here. You know, the saxophone player from Los Lobos. Oh wow! And he said he spent the pandemic relearning how to play the saxophone. Wow. And he you know he's been around forever. He's, sure. He's a major guy. Yeah. And and he he totally relearned how to play. Yeah, well the pandemic's been a blessing for me, I'll tell you that. Has it? Yeah. I got some time to focus. Yeah. I wrote yeah. music. Did you? I studied music. I practiced a lot. Wow. Um it it really gave me a gave me time to kind of analyze my life and see where do yeah. I want to go from here. Yeah. So so how's it changed your music? Well, for one thing, I got to really get deep into this sound production. Yeah. So um, I'm really proud of my sound now. You know. I, and that's I'm, a big deal for a trumpet player. Yeah. It's like it's oh, all yeah. about sound. I know. If you don't have a good sound, no it, one will hire you. I was looking at some of the 1905 shows on, mm. on, on YouTube that yeah. you're in with Colligan and. and yeah, uh, yeah. And what was the other one? I forget. Yeah, that was my first gig back. <laughs> and I went the chops for like I barely oh, made it through that gig. Oh no, man, because I, I didn't have any experience playing with people for you know what fifteen months. Yeah, but I went. <laughs> I went. Wow, he sounds good. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that was a fun night. Yeah, it was I had beautiful. a killer band. That was beautiful. I mean, you had. And that it, was the last time I got to play with Carlton. Wow. Oh, jeez. So I, I at least got that. Uh, uh, uh. Bless his soul. That's uh, so sad. So sad. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I feel lucky that I had um, one of these podcasts I had done with him so mm. I, I could bring that back and run it and yeah. let people hear. He was one of the most wonderful men I had ever met in my yeah. life. Yeah. Like just everything about him was yeah. wonderful. Yeah. 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 It's a shame. Yeah. I owe a lot to him. He showed me a lot of stuff. Oh, I, I got I, to stand next to him for all the years we played in his big band with Dave Mills. Yeah. And I was right. He was right there on the left. So I, I would wow. watch him play. Yeah. See, this is what I do. I get to watch Mel Brown play, <laughs> and I get to watch. I got to watch Carl Jackson play, and I learned so much about drums from these two men. It's really great. Does it look like Mel's going to have a regular gig with the Septet anymore? I hope so. Yeah. I don't. Well, we do have a regular gig, but it's not in Portland. It's in Salem. Oh right. We play every right. second Saturday at yeah. uh, Christos. Yeah. Pizzeria. Like but I sure that. hope that. Yeah something happens i'd love to play at the uh jack london with the septet i think that would yeah. be really fun yeah but now this yeah. now we've got this delta thing so who knows what's going to happen with yeah, who knows right. Right. close up all over right. again but yeah well you won't find you won't find eric clapton playing in any places <laughs> yeah, I check vaccinations I fuck, fuck that guy fuck that I guy no it's jesus it's a confusing time. You know, everyone's no, got a different... No, it's not confusing. Well, everyone's got different views. 99% of the people who are vaccinated don't get it. Right. And everybody who does get it are not vaccinated. It's so simple. It's yeah. Simple math. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, I don't know how we got there, but uh, <laughs> it's it's hard not to. It's true. Very true. Very true. But anyway, I, I just really noticed. I said, I just thought, man, he sounds good. Thank you. You know, I mean, working on it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hadn't heard you for a long time. Yeah. You know, so I mean, I didn't I didn't have a, an immediate comparison. You know, because the the stuff the electronic stuff is a whole different thing. A whole different thing. Yeah. 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 How has how has that changed your sound electronically from this this new new technique or has it? Well, interesting enough. Um, so because I couldn't teach lessons in person, I became a Zoom teacher. Yeah. A Zoomer. That's what I called myself. <laughs> and um, I, I didn't have, well, so, so the way I was making most of my income teaching yeah. wasn't private lessons. I was teaching, you know I have my own school, mm -hmm. Portland Jazz School. So I started this school to give people an opportunity to actually be a jazz musician. Mm -hmm. So they come to my house, my studio, and, and they have two hour rehearsals. Wow. And I coach them, I play with them, and then I coach them as they play. This is an individual thing or a group thing? Group. Yeah. Yeah, so I have six to eight people in each group. Wow. I got three groups right now. And and then when they're ready I take them out and they perform. Huh. Um, and then everyone makes a CD. So they so so they're getting a chance to rehearse every week and have lessons, even though it's a group lesson. Mm -hmm. And they have to practice and well the pandemic killed that because I couldn't have anyone in my house. Yeah. And so we tried the online group thing and that just didn't work out. Yeah. We tried everything. Every yeah. program out there. Yeah. And I saw people doing it. I was like, I don't know how they're doing it, but I can't yeah. get this to work. Um, so I had to strategically change my direction. And so what I did was I, I had people record at their house mm -hmm. using whatever, you know, most of them use their phones or yeah. a cheap microphone right. plugged into their laptop. But I had them re record their parts and send them to me and I would engineer them. Yeah. And basically, I was engineering them making recordings, like mm -hmm. a CD, mm -hmm. from their house. Yeah. And then I would coach them that way. And so that's how I turned my, that's yeah. how I changed over. Yeah. Um, now I don't have to do that. Now it's all back to people again. Great. Which is so fantastic. How long is, have you been able to do that now? Do the what? recording or no, the no. live? I've lied. Do it live. I started in June yeah. when I got vaccinated. That's like yesterday. I know. Yeah. I know. Time is so weird these days. Oh, it's, just it's like the last year feels like crazy. 10 years. It's crazy. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. last month doesn't feel like last right, month. Right. And then and then and then you don't know what's going to happen. No. You know, I mean and particularly with people who decide what's going to happen. Mm. Cuz you I mean the Oregon was so close to the 70%. It just made it over the line. Right. Know? To open to open everything up, who knows if? Well, I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you're you're back to doing some electronics. Yes. So um, during the pandemic, I really wanted to do some electronic music, and I had to do it on my own. So I just started writing every day. Wow. And I came up with I could probably got at least thirty songs that I've started. And three of them have been released. Wow. And um, it's not my top priority right now. Top priority is yeah. teaching. Yeah. Get the studio have back you run up. These by, have, you, have you run these by Keith? Oh, yeah. Did you? Yeah, he liked them. Yeah? Yeah, he's my main influence. I mean, that's where, right. that's where the sound comes from is yeah. what he and I used to do. That's what's in my head. So. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I played all the piano and drums and bass and everything. Wow. So that, that's something I worked on. I, I'm a huh. piano player, really. 
Really? That's my first instrument. Wow. So, um, so I got to use those skills what? and learned how to use this program that Keith uses, Ableton Live. Uh-huh. And, um, God, it was fun. So the piano was your first instrument? Yeah. Wow. How old were you? Four. Whoa. Yeah. Lessons? I uh, started lessons, I think, when I was eight or nine. What did you do before that? Just played by ear. Really? Just played everything I heard. Wow. Yeah, huh. I was a total ear player. Huh. Wow. Yeah. And then I hooked up with Sylvia Kilman, and she got me playing, like, real classical music. Uh-huh. And I got... I got pretty good. I got playing. So I was playing some hard stuff at a young age. Yeah. Well, what were you playing? And that really, really helped shape yeah. me. Because if you if you have piano experience, and you're a musician, you've got a leg up on yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So, what kind of stuff were you playing when you were a little kid? Um. Stuff well, you heard on the radio, or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could play anything I heard. I mean, the way I I started was. <laughs> Um, I remember this pretty clearly. I, I was with my folks, and we went over to my dad's aunt's house. And we were hanging out. You know, I was four. And the, and his aunt, or yeah, his aunt said, hey, let's go over and show, introduce Derek to our neighbors. So I went over there, and we went over, and there was a game show on. Yeah. And they had this little organ. Mm-hmm. It's about maybe three feet across. And just a little keyboard and buttons for chords. Mm-hmm. So I walked up to this thing and I played what was on the TV. Wow. The first time I ever, I just knew. I was like, I just looked at the keyboard and I knew it was those notes. And they gave me that keyboard right there. Jeez. They're like, take this. Do you we remember d- what it was you were it. playing? No. Yeah. It was a game show. That's all I remember. <laughs> So it was like one of you know Family Feud or something. Or Jeopardy I, or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was back in 1974, well, okay. so it wasn't well, Jeopardy yet. You sure? I don't think so. <laughs> I think I think Jeopardy has always existed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I, they gave me this keyboard. And I took it home and I just started playing everything I could wow. get my hands on. Anything I heard, I'd play it. Huh. So. Huh. So you realize how fortunate you are. Yeah. <laughs> I've had some help, I believe. Yeah, but still, <laughs> you know. Yeah. To be able to do that just on your own, out of the box, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's all right. Pretty good. Pretty good. Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Music's in my family. Yeah. You know, my uh, my parents weren't musical. My dad sang in high school. Mm-hmm. But my mom's father was a professional musician here in Portland in the 20s. Wow. So he played at, he was in one of the, they had a, a Sousa band here. And he was the solo really? euphonium. And he played with this organ symphony. And well, uh, a Sousa band, yeah, like John Philip like, Sousa, yeah, the real thing. This is wow. back when people would go to a park and a 25 piece band would play. Wow, and it, that was like that every weekend because that's the way it was back then. And Music played, was everywhere. He played the Washington Post March, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Of course, he did. Yeah, you ever hear Bill, ever hear Bill Frizzell's version of that? No, Frizzell and, and Don Byron. Oh, <laughs> it's an album called "Have a Little Faith." Okay, in me where he does I'll check it out. He does "Have a Little Faith in Me," the, you know that song, but he, but he does Sousa and he does uh, oh. Muddy Waters and he does, oh wow, it's a great album. Yeah. He is such an incredible musician. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but John, wow, yeah. Did you ever hear him play? Not the trombone, uh-huh. but I heard him. Uh, he played cello a little bit when I was really uh-huh. small. Uh-huh. He so he also played so he played cello with the symphony. Yeah, he played trombone with 
the, the Sousa band and <laughs> different dance bands. He was playing at the so, the, can, the what's that place called? Uh, Crystal Ballroom. Right I back wonder, when it was made. I wonder if he knew. Uh, well, that that place was notorious. Yeah, there was full of crooks. Yeah, well, most Safe music, crime. most so, music, jazz er, yeah, exists yeah. because of crooks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I interviewed uh, Charlie. What's his name? Charlie. I can't remember his last name, but he's in the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. Oh wow, he's still alive. Oh, and he played down there. Wow. When you know the the the, the most most prestigious people in the building were safe crackers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's an interesting cat. Charlie. Wow. Oh, I can't remember his last name now. But he's got lots but, of stories. Yeah, he does have lots of stories. And still playing. Wow. Still playing. He must be in his 90s. He's, cl- he's in his 80s. And he... Uh, Goodness. When they, when they uh, reopened... Um, what's that place down the street? Uh, the Crystal Hotel or whatever it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They brought him back in. Oh wow! And uh, nice. And and um, and they brought the and they brought the Preservation Hall band in to play at, at the Crystal, mm. also. Mm-hmm. And there he was. Wow! At the Crystal <laughs> again, playing this, playing <laughs> tailgating and everything else. You know. Wow, that's great. <laughs> you think? You, do you think your grandfather could tailgate? I'm pretty sure he could. Pretty yeah. sure, yeah. <laughs> His, my grandmother was at one point said, all right, that's enough music for you. Because <laughs> he was out playing every night. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yeah. Well, maybe that'll happen again. It will. People can go out and play every night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to have that faith. Yeah. I mean, Portland used to be amazing. Back when the 90s, it was on four or five bands at once. Sure. I was playing... Three nights a week. Wow. Uh, you know, I was wasn't teaching yet. Uh, this was the mid nineties, but I could make a living. I, I survived playing yeah. gigs. Yeah, there is no way you could do that now. No, but I believe that it will come back because you know we've had this really terrible yeah situation. Yeah, and after most terrible situations, things turn around. Seems to have every other time. So I don't, I expect it to happen here. Well, okay. If you yeah. say so. <laughs> I, I got the faith. It's going to be all right. <laughs> now, it, Jim Max, the Septet was the Tuesday night band, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I did it that was... for, gosh, 19 years. No. No, I've been with Mel for 19 years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He closed in 2017. I think Something it was 2017. Like yeah. 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 So I played there for 14 years every Tuesday. Wow. And then before then too, many yeah. different groups. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was my master's in music degree. Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> there was nothing nothing like that band. Nothing. No. Nothing I learned at all. so much. I mean Just, I am who I am because of that band. Was it an hour and a half without stopping? Yeah. Yeah. And then try take, to do that when your chops don't work. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, oh my god, we have three more songs. Yeah. <laughs> and then take a break and come back and do it again. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. So is, is the band still doing that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So we play. Um, we'll be playing in August at Christos. Uh huh. And then we have a. There's a new place opening in McMinnville, which I don't remember the name of. That's okay. But um, we'll be playing there the first weekend of September. Uh huh. So there's a new jazz club. You just got to go to McMinnville. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, I won't even go to Beaverton. Right. <laughs> Oh man! Well, hey, listen, it's great to see you. I really appreciate you coming in. Um, tell us about the song we're going to hear. Oh, so this is called "Relief." 
Yeah. Um, so during the pandemic, I like I said, I was looking to write some electronic music, and I I hadn't listened to any for years, and so I just started doing some research and see what's out there, what are people doing, uh-huh. and I discovered this stuff called lo-fi. Oh yeah. And so I really like that. I like the down. You know, when I played with Keith, we played a lot of down stuff. Actually, sure. we had a band called the Down Band. The Down Band. Because I it was all yeah. about chilling yeah. out. Yeah. So I decided to write. Um, some music in that vein and well that's what ghost jazz is it is but this is even downer downer (laughs) (laughs) i like that how down is it it's it's downer it's downer such a downer right yeah so i i wrote this and uh it's down but not but not depressing you know jay sure yeah so he did all the mastering for me really yeah nice yeah you got a little nice. partnership going. So. That's good. Yeah. What a great attitude he has, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Jay. Jay's great. Jay, I've, had Jay, I've had Jay in here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a fun guy. He's one of those guys. He yeah. knows what's up. He sure does. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So so uh, it, 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 what's the instrumentation on this? Uh, it's trumpet, and I'm playing piano and bass, and I programmed all the drums. So we finally get to hear you play piano. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually I've I've that's I I play more piano than trumpet at this time. Really? Yeah, cuz you know when you're writing and sure. I'm teaching and showing everyone I'm, I try to get all my students or at least most of them to have some kind of piano experience. Uh-huh. Cuz it's so invaluable. Yeah. yeah. You can visualize with a piano. As a trumpet player it's really hard to visualize notes. Really? You got to remember what they sound like. Yeah, because if you push a valve down, you can play seven different notes. Right. Right. And so that's why your trumpet players miss notes, because <laughs> they didn't quite hear it before they played it. Is that right? Yeah, so trumpet is extremely hard. Yeah, I tried when I was a kid. Yeah. Failed miserably. Yeah, well, you were using too much air. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was using too little talent, I think is what it was. <laughs> Because I failed miserably at guitar also. Oh, right. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for and having so me. So let's listen to Relief, huh? All right. And as we say at the end of each one of these things, that's entertainment. <laughs>